Elite Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, one of your hosts today. We've got Jason Theobald in the house looking all swole up. Jason, how are you, man? I can't complain, man. Uh, Doing well. I've got a real I've got a real question for you before we talk about anything cool that's happened with you over the last week or two or anything new that you've learned that you want to pass along. Answer this true or false. You just went and got a pump in your home gym before we started recording. <laughs> it's completely false, completely false accusations. Well, you're looking good, man. You got the tank top on. Um, you've been dieting for summer. Sure. You've been eating I guess, I have at Vegas um, June one. OK, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, what's new with you, man? You got anything cool that you want to pass along? Sure. I mean, I was down in Charleston uh, the last week. Um, my physique, a girl went, uh, took the overall and took first Saw that. class. Um, it was like, it wasn't even like a, you know, she was heads above everyone else. She's like pretty close to pro ready. I mean, there's a few things you can always bring up, but she's dense. She's lean. She's tight. Um, she's ready. Like that's her second show ever in her life. <laughs> Uh, that's crazy freaks you know what I'm saying um now I mean she she power lifted all her life and like you know just cared about that and so she's just dense and thick and I remember when she came with me like she'll say it she's like I was fat because we were talking this weekend I was like she was a little fluffy she's like no I was just fat and um so we did it in stages and stuff but yeah so it was it was cool to uh, see that transformation. Uh, I probably should trade finally put the before and complete after, and I haven't done it yet. But um, so that was cool. That was fun. Um, I'm back uh, working hard. You know, all the businesses are flourishing, and it's just been you know a blessed 2023. And um, I got no complaints, man. I saw the rebrand. It looks good. Yeah, the rebrand, Scooby Health. It just was time. You know. Um, we still do prep, but we've got the university, we've got, you know, coaches that are killing it at functional, myself doing functional, a lot of weight loss resistance. It just made no more, it just didn't make sense, but I couldn't do away with Scooby. You know, I mean, that would be a, just a, a bad mistake, I think. So that was, um, something that we all kind of came to a lot of us on the team talked about it and everyone loved it. And so, yeah, there it is. Well, it's, sounds like things are going good for you. I'll hop on and tell everybody real quick for me. It's It was this day three years ago that we launched Fat Muscle Project Supplements, literally to the day. And I've got a cool little before and after picture. I'm going to make a post in the next couple of days of our, our picture of five people staying behind a table, two of which were my kids whenever they were there for the launch. And now, you know, we've got this cool picture with, you know, 25 coaches and staff and stuff like that. And um I was counting the numbers up. We've got 31 wholesale accounts as of today. So, I mean, it's just growing like crazy, you know, half a dozen staff working behind the scenes. It's just, man, I, I've just loved the process and everything with coaching still been there. So I'm just in a really good place. I'm like you, man, I've, I've been dieting. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the reasons why got a little bit of bad news, but it's stuff that I'm, I'm working on correcting with some labs and some markers that we all need to be aware of. And I know we're going to do a cardio vascular risk disease prevention part, probably a part one and part two. So we'll talk about a lot of that stuff coming up soon. But other than that, down to 210, nowhere near Jason's level, but uh, I may be down to 205 and not look as fat when we're doing these podcasts. So other than that, life is great. Let us kick this on over, Kayla, and take the reins because you are the host, as everyone knows. And tell us about your two weeks. And then we've got a very special guest that I'm super excited to hear about. So go ahead and go ahead and take the reins. 
Well, it is apparently the season of cutting because I'm also in prep. Um, been in prep for like two weeks, so nothing like crazy by any means. Can I just say your posts with your quads lately are looking legit. Like you're doing a hell of a job. Um, you got a couple of your stand there in front of the mirror, just flexing them. I'm like, damn, like you have really put some solid size she on. So just it's gonna be a cool. shout out. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to you for that. Thank you. I'm like very excited to see what that looks like. Um, cause I can see it. Like my quads are already like, I already have lines in them and we have 18 weeks to go. <laughs> so it's been pretty cool to see. Um, so shout out to Jason for that. And also my training coach, Brian, um, for helping me with having good training and stuff and just all that. So it's been fun. Um, but last couple of weeks, I've still been just like doing a lot of stuff with like running back and forth to, um, down to like the city's area, um, just to hang out with like my family and my dad with all of his stuff that he's been going through. Um, so we got him moved to a care facility this weekend, this past weekend, um, and into like hospice care. So that's been really nice. Um, and he feels a lot more comfortable too. So, um, so that's kind of just been my weeks is just prep coaching and family stuff. So that's kind of been my, my biggest focus, um, going forward, but um, well, we appreciate all the hard work here with you putting these show notes together and running the show. So it's just shout out to you. Thank you. Well, I love doing it. So it's, it's really fun. Um, this is like one of the fun things I get to do during the week. So, um, but yeah, I'm really excited that we have, um, a friend of mine, Nick Langer on the podcast today. Other people might know him as BR Physiques or Baby Rhino. Um, so uh, if you guys don't know him, he's a bodybuilder, a coach, a gym owner. He owns a supplement shop and part owner of a supplement company. And he has an HRT clinic coming soon. So literally like Jason, he's got to run. He's making a run for you. Yeah. I mean, he's got me <laughs> beat with the gyms and everything for sure. Uh, but yeah, um, right. Uh, Nick, if you can give us just a little bit of like how your week's been and like a little bit more about yourself for our listeners. Yeah. So uh, starting off, I'm, I'm in the same realm you guys all are in. I'm actually cutting myself right now too. So in a recon phase, um, we put, we pushed up to about a 265, 268 range. And now we're back down to about a 240 range, um, and kind of just bringing it down and, and kind of setting self up for another slingshot back up and a, and a good um, build back up. So, and I know later on we'll get into kind of what the future plans are. So we'll, we'll talk about that later, but, uh, but no, a week's been great. Uh, I honestly, it's, it's pretty crazy. Once you start kind of like really putting yourself out into, into the universe and kind of pushing everything out in, in all aspects and kind of like visualizing where you want to go. Uh, it's just weird how everything just kind of falls in place and starts coming to you. And uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a crazy, crazy past, even like 60, 90 days. Um, everything just continues to flourish and grow. And and I'm super blessed and much like, much like Jason, I know, I know we've kind of had talks about this in the past where it's just like, it's weird, but once you actually start like getting into that groove and really like putting yourself into everything wholeheartedly and actually putting that, that out there, it's, it's amazing how fast it just like goes. And then you sit back and you're like, how is this even happening? Right. So uh yeah man it's it's been insane um our gyms are growing at a record pace that i've never seen before wow. we've got a couple of different things in the, in the works on that side i somehow got myself into kind of a nonprofit that i think will be a pretty cool nonprofit um that'll be coming up here as well um and then uh and then actually we on friday we close we close on our uh, construction loan for our new house on our 15 acres of land that we have so oh, uh, cool. so yeah so it's been a cool week and and good times so 
Yeah, Very. that's that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, I've I know that like just from when I followed you for I followed you for like a long time. I feel like and just following you over like the years, I've seen your businesses grow and just really mm -hmm. admired your mindset and your training mentality and things like that. With and seeing your coaching grow, and it's funny because like I'm in North Dakota, you're down in Nebraska, and John's also pretty close. And like finally got to meet you like in person at the summit um, in Miami, and then I saw you at the show um, a couple weeks ago here. So. Um, it's really cool to like see and get make connections with people. So I just thought you would be an awesome person to come on here and talk well, to the listeners about all of that. I remember Nick came to PC one. I think that's where we met. Mm. Uh, yep. That was 2019. How, how different is your life now? Yeah, insanely different. Um, <laughs> that's you know, awesome. At, at this point in time. So back in 2019, that was actually when I had just started the team of coaches that I have underneath okay. me now. Um, I, I literally had one coach or two coaches okay. that I, I brought to the team, brought yep. to that. Yep. Uh, I've now got six coaches that work underneath me. I've got an RD on my team. Um, we work across all, all aspects, whether it be functional health or comp competition prep. Um, and that team is kind of building a little bit faster and more rapidly just because we're actually leveraging the gyms and, um, sure. using that as well. So, um, and then outside of that, I think at that time we had maybe one or two gyms. Now we have three okay. gyms. Okay. Um, we've expanded two of those gyms even bigger. Did you have any um, of those other businesses? Uh, no, didn't have the supplement company, didn't have um, the the supplement store. Uh, so the supplement store I actually just purchased about two months ago and it just kind of made sense. I was already, I was already sending my clients wherever to get their supplements. So why not um, get them into one place where I know that they're going to get everything they need and they're not going to get anything pushed on them that they shouldn't be taking. And um, so it just all made sense and, um, yeah, you're building an ecosystem. That's how you do it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and much like you, I looked at it and I go, the last piece that I'm missing right now is an HRT clinic. So I'm looking yep. around, um, to set that up here. That improves uh, your coaching immediately. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand people know they can come to you and it's one-stop shop and they know they get it and they get it done. And so, yep. uh, people yep. will just want to hire you just because of the ecosystem that you develop. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of like, we're kind of like treading water with that right now, too, because we're actually um, in the midst of kind of working on a way to offer blood work out of the supplement shop. So that way people can get blood work before they even um, even decide to put anything into their system or, or whatnot. So cool. Very cool. Well, yeah, I mean, it's quick. It's it's cool how quickly you've grown in four years. So I just wanted to point that out there. You know, people, you know, I think I took a little slower path than Nick and man, he's he's killing it. And, you know, it just takes hard work and hustle. So. I, I do want to jump in real quick and let our listeners know um, we'll have everything linked in the show notes to be able to check all links, uh, all the links out for Nick. Uh, Kay will have those in there. But the other thing, especially coaches listening that are trying to build and grow, pay real close attention to this episode. I, I am. Um, you can see the ecosystem that that they're talking about here and how a lot of us have built these things and are in the continuing process of building those things. So you want to know how to get ultra, ultra successful. Listen to Nick's story here. Um, I can already see where it's starting and where this is going to go. And this is going to be a blueprint. You know, we've talked about things like this before with guests or ourselves. This will be a blueprint. So pay close attention. This is this is how you do it. So I think first and foremost, we all want to know where the nickname Baby Rhino came from. So please share your story. <laughs> All right. So unlike a lot of people, I didn't give myself that nickname. So it wasn't something that I just Good. randomly decided to name myself. <laughs> I didn't either. I like it. Yeah. So um, so it's funny. I was actually, it was, uh, I don't know how long ago now, a while ago. Um, I was randomly in like a summer softball, like slow pitch softball league. Uh, and I was playing center field in, and I went running after a ball 
And at that time I had like an all black Jersey on or whatever. And I came in after I, after I got done with the play and my brother was like, man, you look like a silverback run across there. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, no, silverback's not right. He's like, baby rhino. You look like a baby rhino running after that ball. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it, and so what ended up happening was that Christmas, he actually got me a cardio weight belt that actually wow. said Nick Langer, AKA baby rhino. And then, oh, ever cool. since then I wore that to the gym and everybody yeah. started the name, the nickname kind of stuck from there. So cool. That's funny here. I thought it was going to be something like you like, I was waiting for you to be like, I wiped someone out on accident and that's how it came to be. But you know, <laughs> I mean, if you've ever seen baby rhinos, they're not the most like elegant individuals. <laughs> <laughs> that was my thought. Um, all right. So, I mean, clearly all of us are bodybuilders and like bodybuilding is the like base of like what happens as we all have grown. So when did you start your bodybuilding career and like what made you get into wanting to do bodybuilding? So I got into bodybuilding actually back in 2010. Uh, that was when I did my first show. And what had happened was I was actually powerlifting at one of the biggest uh, powerlifting gyms here in, in Omaha and actually one of the most recognized ones in the world at the time, which was Big Iron Gym um, underneath of Rick Hussey. So I actually got to get underneath him for a little while. And, um, and as I was going through the process, I, I think I was at that time, I was about 20 years old and he had kind of pushed me and we pushed up to about 255, 260 pounds, somewhere in that area. And not at a good 20. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah. And not a good 250, 260. Okay. Right? So, <laughs> well, it never uh, is a 20. Right. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I, I, I had abs still, but you know, okay. they were, right. it was about, it was about how it worked. Right. So, um, and I randomly went into one of the local gyms and was working out one day. And one of the coaches at that, or one of the head trainers at that gym came out to me and he's like, man, you got a lot of mass on you for a 20 year old. Have you ever thought about doing bodybuilding? Um, and I was like, well, no, you know, but I am looking for a different challenge at that point in time. I had, um, kind of transitioned out of playing, uh, uh football at that time. So I was kind of like in a, in a weird space. Right. And so I was like, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I've always been somebody that likes to challenge. I've always been a competitor. I've always been somebody that likes to challenge myself. And so that first journey, and this is the thing that I always like to tell everybody is like, I've lived this path and I know what you're going through because the first journey I did was I went from that 250 to 260 range down to 176 pounds in 16 Whoa. weeks. Yeah. Holy. Um, how many weeks? In 16 weeks. Oh, so, fuck. Yeah. Um, Flappy and asparagus diet or what? Uh, actually it was it, the crazy part is i actually have all the diets from that time uh -huh. so his wife was actually a, a nutritionist okay. so all of my nutrition was like it was actually like i had to prep very like gourmet meals so it was super expensive too and you know that was great as a as a 20 year old um <laughs> and uh and i was doing this while i was also uh working construction outside personal oh, training at that time and also going to school full time so it was uh, it was one of those ones where I'm like, it taught me a lesson where it's like, if you truly want to do it, you can figure out a way to make it happen. Um, and, you know, I remember to this day still doing, you know, an hour of interval cardio on the stair climber each day uh, on top of everything else. And <laughs> you know, so it's it was it was a very eye opening experience for me when I got into bodybuilding. Um and it was like where I kind of came from and where I started from. And, and I believe, honestly, because I did push such an extreme when I started, it kind of made everything else just be like, yeah, this is normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because I knew what I was what I had already put myself through previously. So I knew what was kind of coming. 
And I knew I wasn't going to have to drop 90 pounds the next time that I was going to have to compete. So, uh, so yeah, so that, that's kind of where How'd I you do one, won the middleweight class. And then I actually okay. lost the overall, uh, okay. I lost it to the light heavyweight. Um, okay. at that time it was Jeff McCray and yeah, that, that year he went and placed, I think third at, uh, at, uh, North Americans. So okay. yeah, fair yeah. enough. All right. So you did pretty good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Good for fair. my first show. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Um, so then, you know, like all the rest of us with competing and stuff comes coaching. So, um, you know, did you, how did you kind of transition then from like being a competitor to being like, I really want to coach. And, and then did that come with like having the gyms or did the gyms come first? Like, how did that all kind of like evolve? Yeah. So coaching actually came because, uh, a few different aspects. Number one, after I got done with that uh, bodybuilding show, much like I think all of us have have noticed as soon as you do one and you get shredded people are like hey yep. how did you do it right and uh and so i started out in a very basic manner i started out in a big box gym as a as a personal trainer and started coaching people as that from that side and actually was just doing you know regular normal uh normal people uh when it came down to to training and i did that for about a year and kind of just got a baseline and understood you know okay this is all right i'm not super passionate about it but i do like it it's fun um, and then I got the opportunity to work at like a very boutique style gym the year after that, um, after working at that big box gym and that boutique style gym started to prep people for shows. And that's where I started to get an exposure to it. Had a, had a mentor at that time that was teaching me kind of the way he was doing things, which looking back at it, I'm like, man, that was horrible. But, uh, you know, we all have to start somewhere. And I think most of the time, you know, most of us start very bro style when it comes to dieting people down and working with people. and um, and so that's kind of where I started to learn how to actually work with people and start to work with different bodies and understand kind of the, the prep mentality and what actually comes into play. Um, but I would say back then it was more of just like beat them to the, beat them to the pulp and, and get them ready for a show. And that was the mentality that I had much like most people when it comes down to, uh, prepping people, when you start, it's much like, okay, you know, we just got to push harder. Everything's got to be pushed harder. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean you know things have evolved right i mean you know sometimes you got to push sometimes you got to pull back you know yeah. that's yeah. the art that's the true art of coaching you know that's what separates the, the really good ones so. yeah yeah and then the gyms the gyms were a much later process so that was something that came in uh much later um and it's been the gyms actually came by the aspect that myself and then my business partner on the gyms we honestly just wanted a place to train that we had everything in one spot and we didn't really care as long as we didn't lose our ass. Uh, yeah. And so we built the gym from the ground up. Uh, we found out that our overhead was only going to be about 210 members to make sure that we broke even and didn't have to worry about um, losing any money. And so we went for it and did it. And, you know, that sounds a lot lighter than it actually is because we ended up signing our houses on it. And we ended up doing all sorts of stuff in order to secure the loans for it. Um, but uh, it, it was one of those aspects that I knew going into it that we were going to be, since we were passionate about it, we loved it. We were going to bring stuff that we wanted that I knew that there were other people that were just like me that were looking for that kind of a, a facility or kind of a place. And so that was the reason why we ended up starting it. And uh, it took off uh, and didn't even realize it was going to take off. But I think, you know, what's one of those things that as an entrepreneur, one lesson I've learned is if I notice a niche that's not being filled and I notice that it's something that is truly something I'm passionate about that needs to be fixed. Yep. And I know that there's other people that need that as well. 
Mm-hmm. So were yeah, you? I, I have a I have a I have a question for you. Yeah. So I mean, you you really you know, I've always said you got to bet on yourself. I mean, you do. But man, I don't know. That's pretty ballsy. Like leveraging your house for a gym that you might you might just keep to break even. So. so- so, especially too, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you had another partner, right? It just wasn't all you. Like I could, I could sign my house if it's just all me making, make, you know what I'm saying? But if I'm relying on someone, so tell me about that, man. Walk me through. Okay. So, so here's how, here's how the whole thing went down. So right. um, what happened was at that point in time, I was actually working uh, with Tim Rexius, Rexius Nutrition. He actually yeah. owns. Um, and I was actually being coached by Ed Koo for powerlifting at that point in time. Yeah. And, we flew out to, to California and there was a company called Nutrition Zone out there that had this massive 30,000 square foot uh, supplement uh, warehouse. And inside of that supplement warehouse, they had 3,000 square foot gym that they had built. And it was all decked out like Kratos, the God of War. So there was like spray painted Kratos all over the walls and it was just badass, right? And so my business partner and I looked at us and I had helped him scale his business at that point in time to a point where we needed a warehouse for supplements. And we looked at each other and we're like, we need to do this and we need our own facility like this. And so we decided to do that, but I will tell you this, because this is a framework that I try to tell everybody when it comes down to people, because I have so many younger guys that are like, I want to start a gym. And I'm like, no, you don't, Uh, because (laughs) of the fact that it comes down to the fact that both myself and my business partner didn't need to make an income from the gym in order for the gyms to succeed. So both of us had incomes coming. He had income coming from Rexy's Nutrition. Um, I had income coming from coaching at that point in time, I had a pretty good coaching uh, business. And so it didn't really matter to me if the gym lost for a little while. Needless to say, if we would have known that for pretty much the first four and a half to five years, we weren't going to make any money on the gyms, we might have thought differently. But I always try to tell people that is understand like, literally 100% of the profits that came from the gym for the first five years, we were open, even when we were expanding, even when we were building went right back into the gym and then some like we were putting more money back into the gym on top of that out of our own pockets because of the fact that we believed in the vision of where we were going and and we saw the need and the niche that needed to be filled in our market um but we understood that it was going to be a four to five year span of not making any money uh and and we were okay with that because of the fact that we had stable incomes coming from outside the gym got it yeah. We did a we did an episode myself and Jeff Black because Jeff owns a couple gyms. I owned two Anytime Fitnesses and sold those after about five years. And we even did a, a podcast over uh, owning a supplement company. I think it was on Excellence Cartel. Jason, it, same message that you just said to everybody. I just want to drive that point home. A lot of the times when you start a new business, you aren't going to make money up front. So especially in the gym industry, you said you got 210 gym members to break even. I remember when I opened my first gym, we had we had to have 500 to break even, and it took about a year, and then we got there, and then we started making money over time, plus you're paying the debt down. Like you said, a lot of young people are like, I want to own a gym because we're all a bunch of fucking bros, and we all want a gym because it's awesome. We want to have our own shit. But if you're wanting to make money, it, it, one gym is tough to make a lot of money on. You need multiple. So tell tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. You don't have to share numbers or anything, but you, how many gyms do you have? So we have three at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, so can you talk about going from one to two to three? Yeah. So uh, logistically, it gets to be a little bit of a nightmare, but it's not like as bad as you would think. Uh, what I will say is once it depends on the model of the gym, our model, our model for our gym is a 24 hour access membership based, uh, gym. 
And so for us, it's actually pretty easy once we get it off the ground, get all the equipment in there, get everything running. Typically, we can have some our, our staffing is actually only about four hours a day. So we actually keep our staffing really low. Um, and we actually have it where they can get in via barcode with their with their cell phone, via our app. So it makes it super easy as far as like overhead costs from that standpoint. And also from a managing standpoint, it makes it pretty easy. So we have uh, contracted out with like cleaning company and so on and so forth. So the gyms are constantly um, operating, but we don't have to be in there operating them all the time. And that's kind of what yeah. makes it a little bit easier for us when it comes to scaling. Um, but I will say this, one thing that we're noticing uh, is we have three gyms to, and one gym is t is kind of like in a separate market, if you want to think so, um, as far as where it's at in like the Omaha area. It's actually in like a suburb outside of Omaha. And that gym specifically needs somebody. What we're finding is somebody in that community to bring people into that gym only because of the fact that uh, we're not in that actual community ourselves. And so it's it is a challenge that we're seeing there. But what we noticed was is as long as we had them in a good distance, so most of our gyms are about a 20 to 25 minute drive from each other, um, then the operation wise, they actually don't cannibalize each other. They actually help to increase the, the, the exposure and allows more and more people to actually know who we are and actually creates more brand recognition. So what we've seen is actually by uh, increasing and actually, you know, uh, expanding the gyms, they actually get to a faster point where they get uh, profitable just because of brand recognition, they're growing fast at a faster rate. And so that's one thing that we've noticed as we've kind of expanded and grown is, um, you know, our first gym, it took about 16 months to break even. Our second gym, it took us uh, about, uh, about six months to break even. Our third gym, it took us about three months to break even. Oh, so, wow. So it's a pretty rapid, um, pretty rapid span. Once you get brand recognition, it's that first first gym is always the hardest. And this is the reason why a lot of people will go with like franchises, like Anytime Fitness or something like that, because the brand recognition is there. People know what they're getting themselves into uh, when they actually join that gym. So, yeah. How, um, if you don't mind me asking, I don't want to take up the whole episode on on gyms and numbers, but I'm a geek because, like I said, I operated a bunch at one time having a, a manager that you can build the actual business around. So maybe for that other location that's outside, you know, in the suburb area, are you looking for someone like that? Because we got a pretty good audience listening right now and a decent amount of people in the Omaha area. Is that something that you're looking for? Or do you guys already have that under control? No. So that's actually literally a conversation that myself and my business partner had uh, yesterday uh, is we're going to be trying to find that kind of like influential individual that's in that community already that can take ownership inside of that gym and actually make it their own location uh, to actually build it. And whether that be a, a coach that wants to work directly out of there and only out of there or a manager that wants to do it as well, uh, we believe that there's massive potential in that gym. It's just finding the right individual that can be the face. Because at this point in time, myself, I'm in, I'm in one of the locations, our major location, I'm in that one um, two days a week for the most part. And so everybody knows me and knows uh, about it when it comes down to that, but we need a me in all three locations. So, well, there you go. If you're listening and you're in the area, just go to the show notes, hit Nick up. There's a possible opportunity right there. Good stuff. Definitely. So I have another question on like just gyms in that area, because like being like, I'm in North Dakota and you're down in Nebraska. And those are very two States that are very like 
there's not a lot of people here. Right. And especially with like bodybuilding, like, so do you think that by bringing in like a bodybuilding style gym, were you like the first kind of gym like that there? And do you think that kind of helped a lot too, to bring that like bodybuilding culture there? So I've, I've had this conversation a few times when I've talked with other people about like perspective, wanting to open a gym in their area. And one of the main things that I talk with people about is understanding that our gym was the right time and the right niche and everything right when it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, we opened, uh, scarily enough, we opened our gym, you know, around, well, we kind of expanded and everything around COVID and, and, um, and kind of made the transition through COVID to a 24 hour facility and a key fob only entrance facility. And we did that on necessity to help the gym continue to grow because we claimed that we were a private facility. And so people bought memberships online and didn't have to meet with somebody to go in. And that's how we kind of skirted around the rules when they shut everybody else down. And so that allowed us to kind of grow at that point in time. But the other aspect that we noticed is in our market, there was, there was, there was only two gyms that were powerlifter gyms. And then the rest were all big box gyms. And then all of the big box gyms at that point in time had also stopped using 24-hour access and or stopped mm-hmm. being 24 hours in general. And so I knew that there were at least 200 people like me that wanted to go to the gym outside of weird hours because of the fact that I have to do cardio at weird times or I have to do whatever it might be. Um, and so it just made sense to kind of invest in that at that point in time. Uh, and again, it was one of those aspects of, we didn't have a Metroplex. We didn't have, um, any of these more hardcore style gyms and our gym is, you know, it's got 25 foot ceilings. It's in industrial, uh, you know, industrial kind of, uh, area. And it's got that more grimy old school feel. We've got all the old, um, equipment made a point to make it so that all of our, uh, dumbbells in there are, are iron and all of our plates are iron. So you hear the clank and you can slam the weights and, um, you know, so it was that it was that old school meathead mentality, but still clean and operational for everybody when they came in. Right. So, um, again, I think we were very blessed that we got the right time with the right market and we just ended up filling that niche before anybody else could. And then from a bodybuilding standpoint, the coolest part to me at this point in time is now because we've started to really like push as far as like pushing out how many competitors we have and pushing out all of the social media locally in our area, we're really starting to see a massive uptick, even from like the younger guys in our community that are literally seeking out our, our gym and coming there to bodybuild, which is really cool to me because cool. it's creating a community that I had never even thought about. Like we're now to a point on Saturdays where we have a, a, a BR physiques like posing where everybody's posing all together. And we're typically getting like 30, 35 people in there posing at a time, uh, which is cool. And it's, and it's, you know, all categories and all federations, but, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that like, as a meathead and as a coach, you're like, I wish, I hope that this can happen. Um, and now it's coming to fruition. It's like, this is probably the coolest thing I've been a part of just because I can see the community that it's building and having that many in the same mentality, all in the same spot just continues to just feed and everybody's feeding on each other. And it's just creating this community that just keeps, um, keeps pushing. So you're not going to get that at planet. You're not going to get that at a lot of other gyms. And that's, that's pretty cool to see that community and hear about that, man. And those are members, by the way, they're going to stick around as you know, for a long time because they're very dedicated. Whereas 
you know, some of these other gyms, you're going to see people sign up and they're fucking done after three months. You don't have, you can't build a community around people like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. They all need a chance to go to the gym, but I love what you just said, because that's the kind of atmosphere that, that serious people want to be around. We don't well, have any, honestly, the, the coolest parts of the coolest part to me is actually the fact that like, now what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of like individuals that were training at, you know, a blue moon or that their blue moon is our kind of like planet fitness um, yeah. or planet fitness or whatever. Now we're seeing a lot of those people come into our gym and actually train out of our gym because they're motivated by everybody else that's actually yeah. doing this, right? Which which is really cool for me to see because I'm like, okay, we're drawing in the people that want to work. We're drawing in the people that want results. And I know that those people will be dedicated people that will continue to last with us and we can actually help, which is even more exciting for me. You're, you're getting people that actually want to train and not just work out. Yep, thousand percent. Which is cool. You're, so you're you're creating an, a culture down there, which is really awesome. And it's you don't get that a whole lot either. So very cool. Um, so with coaching and everything like that, like now with like functional coaching coming into the space, like I've definitely noticed like you're bringing a lot more of that into your coaching as well. So how did that kind of come into your coaching with athletes and stuff and like bringing that side of it into your coaching business? So. I think like most bodybuilding coaches that came out of necessity, I started to notice that the clients that I was working with, the the old ways of doing things weren't working. I wasn't being, I wasn't getting the results that I wanted to get. I wasn't seeing what I wanted to see. And I was honestly seeing more and more dysfunction as I was coaching people and I didn't have the answers. And I'm a person that likes to have the answers. So, uh, so I was like, well, I've got to dig deeper. I've got to figure this out. And, um, a little bit of background on me. I have a, a bachelor's in biology pre-med. So I have an understanding when it comes down to biochemistry and also a lot of that aspect. And I started to really kind of dig a little bit deeper and be like, okay, what am I missing? What am I not seeing in these people? Um, and what am I taking for granted? And then that kind of took me down a rabbit hole when it came down to, uh, you know, stress control, GI health and, and everything else. And um, my actually, the interesting part is the first initial exposure to it was actually a John Meadows and Eugene Teo um, seminar that I went to in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And it was um, it was Eugene that had brought up the aura ring and had brought up uh, HRV at that point in time, which really wasn't being talked about at all. I mean, this was a, a while ago. This was probably back in 2000. Oh, what has that been? 2018, 2000, somewhere in that area. I mean, it was it was not like the sexy thing that it is now. And um, and that's when I started to really start to dive into like stress and stress mitigation and understanding that and understanding like, oh, well, this makes sense. If I'm pushing somebody too hard for too long, we're going to cause stress, which is going to cause inflammation, which is going to cause them not to respond. OK, if we pull back and like we were talking about, it's starting to learn and see the signs in the body before it even happens. And that's what makes you a good coach is when you can start to like see those fine details as you're working with somebody and and see as the body is starting to respond and you're pushing harder and harder. Okay. Yeah. You know what? We have to take one step back to go two steps forward. Right. And so, um, you know, that was like the, it was out of necessity that I really needed to start diving into functional health and understanding more. Um, and then that went down an entire rabbit hole that I've just continually been like, okay, what more can I learn? What more can I learn? What more can I learn? And I think it's, it's interesting because the further you get into this, the further you're like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing, right? Like <laughs> you keep going into it and you're like, 
I think this, this is right. This is right. This is right. And then all of a sudden you find somebody else that is completely outside of, outside of the box of what you knew. And then you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper to find more and more. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can agree with that where you feel like you're leveling up at one point and then you're just like, Oh wait, I didn't know this. And you get knocked right back down. You're like, okay, I just got to figure it out. Um, so yeah. Um, do you guys have any questions yet before I continue? I'm going to just keep asking questions. So we better just keep going down the yeah. list. Cause I'll just talk about the gyms all day long. Um, <laughs> so keep going. Okay. Um, so uh, along with like everything that you're doing, Nick, like there's a lot that comes here. I know you have a wife and two kids, I believe. Right. So, you know, how do you balance all of that and like, make sure that you give your time to your family as well and still be successful in coaching and, and owning all of your businesses that you do? Like, is there such a thing as like balanced, you know, hard, in life? Hard. It's, it's very hard. And, and I actually, um, I actually spoke with somebody about this the other day in the aspect of honestly, what it comes down to the fact of is you have to really just kind of like blot out what you're prioritizing at that point in time. So like for me, there's the reason, like the reason why I'm not competing this year is because I knew that I needed to prioritize both work and also family this year over competing. Um, now that doesn't mean that I don't still eat like a bodybuilder train, like a bodybuilder, so on and so forth. But I also, I, I know that I can't contribute and, and push the amount of time and consistency that I need to be at a competitive level when it comes to bodybuilding. And so I made that choice to prioritize other things in my life. So when I talk about balance, I talk about what is prioritized, not necessarily what are you balancing? Because if you try to do everything all at once and try to do it at your best all at once, it's never going to fucking happen. Uh, you just can't. It's it's not possible. And outside of that, when it comes down to the business side of things, the number one thing that I've started being really good at is delegating. Uh, and so creating the correct team, getting the right people into the right places. And so that way I'm not having to do everything all at once. And I'm able to have checks and balances with individuals on my team to actually make sure that everything's moving in the correct direction. Um, because as you continue to scale and, and kind of like bring on more on your plate, you, you, you can't be in it all the time. It just doesn't work that way. And, um, you know, that's probably one of the, the hardest things for me at this point in time is I get frustrated because of, of my lack of experience, honestly, my lack of experience as a leader to get people to perform to the level that I want at all times. Um, and I think that's a, a, a point that I'm kind of growing into and learning how to be better at. And I think that's a point that a lot of people go through when they're building businesses is like, okay, how do I become a better leader to get the same result with a different personality doing the same exact thing I want them doing, but not doing it the way I want them to do it. Right. And so um, it's just, uh, it's a learning experience right now, for sure. I've yeah. got a question for you about daily processes. Um, I like to, I'm a notebook nerd, right? I have three notebooks that always are in my backpack for the different businesses that I have. And I'm a checklist guy, to-do list guy. And I, I try to have that always done. And that works for me. What do your processes look like for you to stay organized? You said you're getting good at delegating, but for you personally, for your own stuff, how do you stay organized with so many things, so many irons in the fire? Yeah. So the main thing that I do is I have themes to my days. So specific days, I do specific things. Uh, so like my Mondays and my Fridays are dedicated to working with clients in person. Still, I still do that only because I love it. Um, and so it's something that I do, but I also end up having uh, a portion of that day is already plotted out. So I literally have everything 
scheduled out the entire day. From the minute I wake up, I typically wake up at 4 a.m. because I'm a psycho and I typically go to bed <laughs> at 8, 39, 9 p.m. Oh, so I'm gosh. still getting so I'm still getting my sleep in my day, but at the same time, um four I go 4 a.m. only because of the fact that my boys and my wife are still asleep until about 6 a.m. So typically what ends up happening is, is I can get up, I can go for my 45 minute walk, I can do my reading, I can do my reflection at that time in the morning, and then they'll get up and that's when I have breakfast with them. And then I start my day from there. And the rest of my day is already planned out accordingly. Um, and then what time, are, what time are you done if you're going to bed at 8.30 or 9? So I'm. it, it depends on the day. Uh, but most of the time I'm done uh, with all of my work. I shut down about an hour, hour and a half before I go to bed. So oh, see, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I I have to unwind, man. I'm a night owl. I still get up at 6 a.m., but I, I'll be up till 1130 midnight every night. Like I can't, I can't do it. See, I, I can't I, go from I can't go from like typing and shit and then just like now I got to go to bed. It's like I'm getting ready to fucking redo it all over again, like right away. I need some time where I feel like I'm living life, even if I'm sitting on my ass. I get it. I get it. And I and, um, and that's like it's like it's Groundhog's Day. Yeah, man. It's but the thing is, this is I think also the reason why it's easy for me is because of the fact that each one of my days is different, right? So I'm not doing the same okay. thing every day. Right. So. Yeah. So it just makes it easier for me because I'm like, okay, my next day, I'm excited for the next part, right? And I think the other thing is, is because I love all of the businesses that I'm in and I love everything that I do, it makes it so much easier because the next day is like another adventure. And so for me, each day that I go into the next day, I'm excited because I'm like, oh yeah, tomorrow I get to do this instead, right? And so the way, one thing that I learned about who I am as a person is... um I was horrible about being an employee because of the fact that I'm not good at doing the same thing all the time. Um, so I, I would always, I would always overachieve what they gave me to do because of the fact that I didn't want to do just what they were telling me to do. Yeah. So I would find other things to do. Um, and, and so that was always how I worked. And so I realized real quick, okay, if I want to keep challenging my brain and keep myself, you know, moving in the right direction, I have to I have to prioritize days as to what they are, um, and it also works really well for the way that I am when it comes to how like type A I am about about everything. Um, I, I can schedule everything, and the minute that I'm out of schedule or I'm out of consistency, I, it drives me insane. So, so yeah, I get that. I think we're all like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that's a really awesome way to do things. Um, I've tried the theme days before. Theme days didn't quite work for me, but I also am the same where like, I have to like, I literally have like a different color in my calendar for each thing. And like, it's laid out from the morning I wake up to the time I go to bed and I'm a grandma like you too. So yeah. <laughs> oh, and to, and, to, and to answer your question, I do have to-do lists typically before I go to bed at night. That's actually when I create those to-do lists for the next yeah. day. So I, I think, you know, whenever you think about successful people out there, whatever level of success, they've always got some kind of a system, right? It doesn't have to be the same, but they've got some kind of a system. So I'm kind of a nerd and I like to see what other people do, because if I can pick up one little thing, that's one little extra nugget. Maybe I apply it and it works. And next thing you know, three years later, it's changed some aspect of my business. So I always try and ask. For sure. Yeah. So with all of this going on, like you're, you've, you're becoming very successful and you will continue to be so like, I think we all can say that very easily. So, you know, when you first started even just bodybuilding, like, did you ever foresee yourself going like in this direction or all this happening or like, and like, where do you see that going now as you're continuing on this? 
So I, I definitely never saw myself as an individual. I, I thought that I would get to a level of coaching where I was happy making a, a certain amount of money and I would just sit there and be happy and be good. And then I realized it, there's something innately inside of me that is like, no, you're meant to impact more people. And so it just keeps pushing me like mm-hmm. anymore now, like the money's cool and it's great. And I have, obviously I have goals for what we're, what we're doing for revenue and all of that, but it's, it's more so the aspect of like, okay, for example, with the gyms. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, you know, we, our goal was 200 members. We more than 10 X that. And so now it's like, okay, if we can do that, what else can we do? How many more people can we impact? How many more people can we help? And, you know, I've under, I've understood that the more I focus on the fact of like, expanding only with the right intent to help makes everything just exponentially grow faster. And when I have the right intent, I can go in the right direction. And so for me, when it came down to coaching, I, I originally had thought it was a money, it was a money thing. And that's most, I think most coaches start out where they're like, I can make a good love, good living doing this. And I like doing it. So it makes sense. And then I think you start to get to a certain point where it just becomes where you're like, okay, the money's cool, but you know, what's even better is okay helping other coaches doing the same thing i'm doing building a team with them so they understand how to do it and then also helping okay instead of my max that i could help was about 100 clients okay well if i can have six coaches on my team now we can help 600 clients well that's pretty cool right and so it's just more of an aspect of like as i've gone into this and and kind of gone further in it i think it started as a money drive and now it's nowhere near that anymore now it's a more of like a purpose drive um, and actually being able to help those around me. And so from a, from a goal standpoint, I, I'm just like anybody else. I set revenue goals. I set, um, specific goals. I wanted, uh, three of the companies to be million dollar plus companies this year. And, uh, two of them are there already. Uh, one of them's on the way. So, um, you know, we're just, it's more of an aspect of, as I've, again, as I've done this, it's, it's, it's just always expanding and, it's really hard because every time I set a milestone, we typically hit it and hit it faster than I thought. And then now we're like, okay, well, what's the next? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, so yeah, but no, I never saw, I never saw myself owning gyms, owning a supplement company, owning or getting to a point where I have multiple coaches underneath, like none of this, uh, never saw it all. I think that's a really good point about like, getting a goal and then reaching it and be like, okay, what's next? You know, you're never settling for things. And I think that a lot of that comes from just like a bodybuilding and competing in itself. Cause that's what we do with our physiques is like, we set a goal, we hit that. Okay. What's next? Like there is, it's always consistent progress to be made. And that goes along with the businesses side of that as well. If, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit more about the supplement company and the supplement store. Cause we haven't touched on that. It's another part of your ecosystem as Jason kind of called it. Um, tell us more about that. Yeah. So the supplement store, uh, actually it's kind of a full circle journey for me. I actually managed that store for Rexius nutrition six years ago. So it's a Rexius uh, currently. It is a Rexius currently. Okay. It's Rexius, so I, I bought it from him. It's actually one of his highest producing stores. So it was, it was a business that you actually can walk into and is already profitable and will already be making money. So, um, that was the, that was part of the other reason why I did it as, uh, the numbers made sense. And so, I bought it and I also knew that I could probably increase re- revenue by somewhere between 10 and 20% just based on my own clientele. And yep. so um, so I bought into that. That was only, we're about a month and a half in um, from when I purchased that. 
uh, and we're on track to hit basically the franchise record in one month right now. So um, that was on it. Like, again, it was just an ecosystem thing. It made sense. It made sense to to feed it all into the same area. And then the supplement company um, was actually another thing that I bought into. Uh, so it was more of an aspect out of necessity because I saw that there were specific products that I wanted that weren't being made and or weren't being made to the extent that I wanted. And so I decided to just go ahead and hop into it and create my own line inside of that line. Uh, so it's actually it's actually the BR Physiques clinical line inside of this uh, inside of this supplement company. Um, and I've got, you know, a few things in there, something to help out with stress, sleep, um, liver, vitamin D3, K, K2, basic things that we use for a lot of our competitors, digestive enzymes and so on and so forth. Um, and I just needed it only because of the fact that it made sense again, because it also fed into what we were already doing. Um, and it also, I could also make sure that everything that was getting created and actually was being produced was actually the quality that I wanted. Uh, and so that just, it, it all just made it made sense to me. And I think at the end of the day, most of us coaches are control freaks. And so if we can control most variables and know the most variable variables are being covered, we're, we're going to do it. And it just kind of made sense. Are you mostly selling within your gym and the supplement store and to your clients? Are you selling online? What's what's the main driver for the supplement business for you? So we do direct to consumer. Um, and that is, I, I think we're now, it's it's grown, grown very rapidly. And that's more so in part because of my business partner that's on that, Tim Rexius. He actually owns part, he actually owns majority okay, of that. Okay, cool. Um, and he he started that company it would have been i believe four years ago five years ago and then the clinical line we just brought out um it'll be close to about a year now um and that brand itself has been growing at a pretty rapid rate we we just went international last year um and we're we already went over to like dubai and um actually we went to africa and the only reason why i know that is because i go to a i do an african hunting safari trip and we're going to run it write it off because i go down there and get to yep. visit before while I'm down there. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been a cool, cool journey as far as that goes, but majority of the time, uh, direct to consumer is what we're doing, but we're also selling out of the gym and then obviously out of the retail locations as well. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That's freaking crazy. That's just so much going on. And like, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, so kind of wrapping things up here, we just have a couple questions left of like, I think it would be cool to end of just like, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten from somebody Ooh. Mm. wow okay um <laughs> so deep that is deep so i would say this i you know the hardest part i think um for any entrepreneur but even myself is keeping grounded and one of the one of the main things that i was that i was told um, by, by a mentor and by a close friend was, um, where you started is where you need to end in the aspect of what you actually care about. And so when it came down to it, as far as like, for me, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing to me is God and my family. And so I have to make sure that I keep that as a base for me and that keeps me grounded. And then from there, everything expands from that. And so it's always a constant reminder to myself to always bring myself back to that. Um, because I think, especially in this game where, you know, a lot of it is based around like trophies and winning and so on and so forth. 
Um, it's very easy to allow yourself to get into your own head. And I always have to have that conversation with myself to bring myself back down um, and, and, and continually stay humble and understand that, you know, what I'm doing is a direct reflection of my base and what I've actually created from that and not anything else besides that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that was a really good one. I have to say. Um, so last question would be now related to bodybuilding is you were talking about like going through a cutting phase now. So when is going to be the next time you step on stage and, you know, cause you were really close to that pro card last time, weren't you? Yeah. So I, I won junior nationals, uh, last year, um, okay. ended up, ended up taking the overall there and then went on to USA's 10 days out from USA's got COVID ended up dropping 12 pounds, uh, quite literally 10 days before the show. And so I was six pounds away from light heavyweight and I made the call to just cut it all the way down. So I pulled myself all the way down to 196 and tried to do my best to get myself to fill out and didn't work out. Uh, so USA's I completely bombed. I, you know, you're, when you get 14 out of 14 and there's 20 other competitors, you know, that you're, you're in the, the end there. Um, so it was just one of the, it was a life lesson to learn. Uh, you know, we went from junior nationals. I was on stage at about 221, 222. Uh, and then I went to stage at USA's at about 202. And so it was just a very big, uh, it was a big gamble, but it was the only one that actually made sense at that time, just based on where we were at and mm -hmm. it didn't pay off. And so, you know, my goal now is, uh, we, we basically have taken off. Well, we took this entire last year off. It'll be a year coming up here soon. Um, since junior nationals and USA's, uh, to build. So we got it. Like I said, we went up to about 265, 268. I stayed pretty lean there. We're now down to about a 240 range. We're kind of pulled down and we're going to keep pulling down until about a 225 to 230 range. Um, I want to get to a point where I've got, uh, really for me, I, I hold everything in my ass. So we're going to get to a point where we get, uh, that body fat off there in that specific area and then slingshot back up. Um, and then the goal will be next year competing at the national level, but this time as a super heavyweight. So, awesome. uh, we're going to, we're going to kind of push the limits and I, I said, I would never be a super heavyweight, but my body is telling me differently. So we're just going to, we're going to move to that next level. And the nice part is, is majority of the super heavyweights aside from some genetic freaks, um, are typically in the six foot range most of the time anymore. And so I'd be a shorter super heavyweight, which would be advantageous for me in that, in that category. So yep. Yeah, for sure. So I've got one one thing to throw out there before we get off here. Have you presented before? Do you do any public speaking? Have you given classes, seminars, or anything like that? Yeah, so we actually we do uh, seminars, stuff like that at the gym, and then um, I presented probably one or two other times. But um, but it's actually a massive passion that I actually want, I plan like that's a goal for me is actually to get to a point where I'm actually um, doing pre presentations and actually seminars. So. Well, I think we may be able to help out with that because here's my idea. Normally, I wouldn't throw something like this out there with it, you know, on the spot, but I'm pretty sure everybody's going to agree with me. Omaha is a hell of a hub for bodybuilding. Um, like I said, I've got a ton of clients from that area over the last 12, 13 years. I, it's great. What you have going on is great. I think we should plan a future Elite Physique University seminar like Jason, like we've done multiple times. Now, Kayla is a part of it. You could speak. 
Um, if we could do these at your gym, it's great because I've got the projector and the screen and we will travel because we've been all over the place to do these. So from Missouri to Florida a couple of times, that would be great. So let's think about that and let's link up and maybe, maybe we can look at a future date for something like that because we need yeah. to get back to doing these seminars. Jason and I have done so many of them. Yeah. We took a little bit of a break just because we've both been busy, but now I think it's time to fire it up. And I think this, us four right here, maybe we add another person or two and we're looking at a hell of a weekend. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I'm down. I'm definitely down. Awesome. I'll definitely stay in touch with you. Cool. Well, all right. That was, um, super awesome episode. I'm really glad that we got to chat with you, Nick, and that you could share your whole story with us on how you grew your business. And it's honestly inspiring to someone like me too, who's still growing <laughs> fairly new and everything. Um, so I hope that this helped all of our listeners, but otherwise we will be back next week or two weeks, I guess. So peace out guys. Later. See ya. Yeah.